Welcome to Oakwood Sports. Feel free to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Oakwood Sports. Links will be in the description. And if you like my videos, feel free to subscribe and hit the bell so you will get a notification every time I post a video. You may have noticed the new intro. I'm going to be having an intro for all my videos now. Um, this may be a little more creative than just me jumping straight into the video. And uh, yeah, let's move on to episode two. Today's topics are Donovan Mitchell's playoff struggles, my love-hate relationship with Manny Machado, and my favorite players going into the draft tonight. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, if you don't know who he is, shooting guard for the Utah Jazz, um, probably going to be an all-star for years to come. Uh, averages probably is going to be a top 20 player in the league. I think he already is, in my opinion. Actually, no, I wouldn't say top 20. Top 30. Um, one of the bright young stars in basketball. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. 13th overall pick, I believe, last year. Well, two years ago, but like last season. You know what I mean. And um, kind of came out of nowhere. Just like set the world on fire. And he's one of the biggest steals of the last, like, since 2010. But he had a pretty horrible playoffs. Pretty horrible. What am I saying? Let's say he had a pretty bad playoffs, and I might be understanding it. Uh, for the ser- this series, he averaged um, 21.4 points per game, 5 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists per game, 4.2 turnovers per game, shot 32.1% from the field, uh, 25.6% from three, and he's at 72.7% from the line. I'm going to go over some individual um, box scores. Game 1, 7 of 18 from the field, 38. that's 38.9% and 5 turnovers. Game 2, 5 of 19 from the field, that's 26.3% from the field. 1 for 8 from the 3-point line, that is 12.5% from the 3-point line. And 0% from the free throw line. Game 3, he's at 9 for 27 from the field, 33.3%. And he's at 4 for 12 from 3-point land. That's also 33.3%. Game 5, 4 for 22 from the field, 18.2%. And 0 for 9 from 3 and 5 turnovers. This was overall just a really bad series for him. Um, and, you know, they really couldn't put it together. I thought the series was going to be a lot closer than it was. Um, considering what he, he was able to do last year against OKC. But, um... You know, I just think it's a small misstep in what's going to be a great career for him. Um, you may have heard in my other video, my first ever video I made, the high school video about the overlooked high school athletes and things like that. Um, I believe that Donovan Mitchell has MVP potential. I think he can be one of the better players in the league. Um, really athletic, really entertaining. But what does this say about Donovan Mitchell? Um, I don't think it says a lot. He's only 22. Listen, not that many 22-year-olds say, arguably, well, not arguably. I would say arguably he's the best player, but he, it's undisputed. He's the, the best uh, offensive player. And most 22-year-olds aren't the best offensive players on the fifth seed in one of the strongest conf- conferences in recent memory. Um, But, you know, he had an early season slump. I think he's going to bounce back well. Um, I predict he's going to make his first All-Star team next year. And, you know, 
He's really, uh, really fun to watch. I hope he can bounce back. I know he will probably, but, you know, it was just so bad for him. And you could see it. He, uh, sometimes he was taking bad shots. Sometimes it was his shots weren't just going in. Um, you know, but he's young. I'll give him that. I'm not going to try and bash him too much because it's only his second year in the league. We have to remember that. And, you know, after what I saw him doing his rookie year and what I saw him do this year, uh, I think he's going to be fine. No need to concern. And I know people are calling him the sophomore slump. Like, yeah, he had a bad playoff series, but I wouldn't consider it a sophomore slump, per se. And the reason I wouldn't consider it a sophomore slump is because... He had a better regular season. His points per game went up. I think his rebounds and assists were up as well. And his mids didn't really change. So I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump if, if he was statistically better. Let's move on. Well, not time to move on. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to the second part of what we're going to talk about. And it's my relationship. Well, not relationship. My love-hate Fandom, we'll call it fandom. I call it relationship in the title, but it's a fandom. With Manny Machado. For those of you who don't know who Manny Machado is, Manny Machado is one of the best players in baseball right now. Played for the Baltimore Orioles, LA Dodgers, and is currently a San Diego Padre. Uh, Four-time All-Star. Two-time Gold Glove Award winner. He... Has had a, I believe, let me check so I can be accurate. A three game, not three game. He has had a four season streak of at least 30 home runs. Um, He is one of the better baseball players I've seen in a while. Third baseman, shortstop. Can play both positions, 6'3", 215 pounds. Also notoriously one of the more dirty players in the MLB. Um, when he was with the Orioles, he threw a bat. He threw his bat. Like, it, he tried to make it look unintentional, but it, like if you watched it, you knew what he was trying to do down the third baseline. Um, he has been uh, notorious for spiking... Plays when like that's when you like take the cleat, you cleat, and you dig it into the leg. Uh, check out guys like Justin Pedroia, among others. And you know, it's annoying seeing, especially when it happened to Pedroia, because Pedroia is one of my favorite players ever. He plays for my favorite team, the Red Sox. So I didn't like seeing that. And you know, sometimes it was hard watching him play in the same division as the as the Red Sox because he didn't know who he was going to injure. But um. At the at the same time, I do believe he's also one of my favorite players. And it's weird to say that I don't like I don't stand for dirty plays and the things that he's done. But however, I do believe that he gets a bad rep sometimes. He definitely has those moments, okay, where he's like where it's completely dirty, it's completely justified, where people yell and bash him and things like that. But other times, he'll do the smallest thing. Like, he'll, like, throw his bat away. And people are like, oh, where did you play? This and that. But, you know, sometimes I do believe he gets a bad rep. And, you know, I'm a kind of I'm the kind of person that, like, sometimes, like, when everyone hates someone, I'll love them. 
Like when everyone hated Grayson Allen. Oh, I loved Grayson Allen. When everyone hated, trying to think of every well, most people that I know who have hated someone like an athlete, it's been for good reasons. Like I usually hate them as well. But like Grayson Allen, I love Grayson Allen. Like I didn't really watch college basketball when JJ Redick was playing, but like if I watched it, I'm warned about you. I would have loved him, and I would have loved guys like Christian Leighton. I just like they're all dirty, but you know you don't like the dirty parts, but you like. The, uh, they're talented enough that you can kind of you can kind of get over it, and that's why I feel with Manny Machado. Um, you know, one of the best players in baseball. Um, it's kind of sad that he was stuck in Baltimore for all those years. And you know, I love that big picture of him striking out against um, Chris Sale. Yeah, that's one of my uh, favorite moments in sports. I was up all night watching that game. I had to go to school the next day. Actually, I had to go to school, but the parade was the next day. And, you know, I, you know I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. Well, let's talk through the draft. I'm going to talk about this one. This is like, this is like last episode. We're going to talk about the draft a lot. Uh, you know, it's tonight. I'm excited. I believe it's on at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, where I live in the great New England area. Let's talk about my favorite prospects. I'm going to try and give a comparison for each prospect that I think that I'm talking about. Um, Let's start with one of my favorite players in Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is one of my favorite players going into, into this draft. Uh, simply because uh, there's some love to pure athleticism. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, you got to work on the technique that may have He's progressing as a tech in technique and things like that. Probably would have progressed further had he not gone to Houston and gone to a better school. Um, a comparison from I've seen a lot of Aaron Donald and like Warren Sapp and you know it's hard to say that he would be a guy like Aaron Donald because like Aaron Donald's like the greatest defensive tackle of all time. Well, arguably, don't say I didn't say he was. I said he was the greatest, but I arguably the greatest. We'll say that, but. I don't know what, how to describe him. I've seen a lot of comparisons. Like Warren Sapp, it's just so hard for me to find a comparison for him because he's an athletic freak. Um, wins a lot. I I guess you could say he's kind of like the Davion Clowney, where it's not a lot of technique. It's just a lot of pure athleticism and power, and you have questions about the motor and things like that. That doesn't matter to me. But Ed Oliver is someone who I believe will go anywhere between uh, five, well, what's actually not five, even three and 14. I don't think he goes top two. I'll leave it at that. I think he goes anywhere between the Jets with the third overall pick and probably the Falcons with the 14th overall pick. So three to 14, that's a good range for him. Anywhere between there, um, you see a lot of guys like this that can go anywhere between like three and 14 and I'm trying to think of someone who was like that. Um, well, a lot of them are running backs, though, because if they don't go early, they'll kind of slide down draft boards and things like that. Um, one of my other favorite players, uh, D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf, an athletic freak. People love to talk about his, um, his, his cones rolls. I'm like, well, he's a deep threat, A. And they love to bring up his college stats. I'm like, well, he was injured, and when he was productive... It was at in those limited minutes, like 
play production, he was amazing. He's a deep threat. He doesn't really have a, like a route tree per se. Um, I do think he slipped on his um one. Uh, it was either the three cone or the subtle drills. Um, he slipped on one of them. I think maybe both, and that may have caused the time to to change a little bit. Again, though, he doesn't have great lateral quickness. I'm gonna look up something actually. I'm gonna look up what um DK's times were in the forty. Not forty. He was amazing in the forty. Uh. Oh, actually, it just came out that uh, the 49ers did not really um, have a good thing going with um, DK. Um, I think. Oh, it isn't so his combat stats. I'll look it up. I don't worry about it. I'm just trying to say, though, like, he's a straight line burner, per se, like, you're going to have to work on the route tree, but he can run slants, he can run outs, he can probably do stop and goes and things like that. A great release, physically dominant. You don't see a lot of receivers. They're a bit like Greek gods often, I'll leave it at that. Um, a comparison, uh, I've seen a lot of them, like Josh Gordon. I agree with the Josh Gordon one a bit. I heard some like Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson comparisons. And you know, I think Josh Gordon's a good comparison, and... You know, maybe we'll be talking about, is that too much if, of course, Josh Gordon didn't, you know, struggle with um, inner demons? I'm going to leave it at that because there's a lot. I'm not going to say weed because there's more to his story. I'm just going to say he had struggled with mental issues. And because I, I, I just wanted to say that, get that out there real quick because, you know, everyone loves to make the Josh Gordon weed jokes and there's just so much more to his story. But moving on. I think he's all like Josh Gordon. Um, I think he could be what Josh Gordon... Well, not maybe not what Josh Gordon was. Josh Gordon had, like, the greatest, like, two-year stretch. First two years by an NFL wide receiver, in my opinion. At least since Calvin Johnson, maybe. He may be even better than Calvin Johnson. But, at the same time, it is... What is DK Metcalf? I think he's going to go 26 to the Colts. I also believe maybe he goes he goes with one of those Oakland picks. But I highly doubt it. But, you know, I like DK Metcalf. I've been a bit, I was a big fan of him even before the Combine. But now I'm a really big fan. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, the only running back I can see going in the first round this year, and he might not even go in the first round. Um, reminds me a lot of a guy like, I don't know how to explain him. Maybe an Alvin Kamara, maybe a bit of, um, Osama McCoy, maybe. And what he fits is the new age running backs, the ones that stick. Um, how do I explain it to you guys? It's weird because like there's this new, it's just a new age of running backs, and if you got to be this like, in a and um how do I describe it? You know the how do I say it? Okay, he, they're like the five ten to six feet guys. They weigh anywhere between two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty pounds, and they can juke. They got great elusiveness, elusiveness, and they can run you over. Guys like Saquon Barkley. Uh, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, uh, 
it was just a few examples. He's going to be like that. Also, also can catch out of the backfield. Um, I really like him as a prospect. So probably if I could compare him to someone, I'd probably see he's like and like this is like I'm no expert. I don't like watch this, but he kind of reminds me of Joe Mixon, a bit smaller. He's about five ten to twentieth, I think. Um, I could see the Eagles taking him at twenty five, even though they have Jordan Howard. Don't know if they would resign Jordan Howard if they would, you know, have Jordan Howard and Josh Jacobs put carries and then let Jordan Howard walk after the year, and you have um, Josh Jacobs on a cheap rookie contract. I don't think the Colts need to take him. And everyone talks about the Colts need a running back. I personally thought Marlon Mack was fine. He was actually really productive in 12 games this year. Um, he had 908 rushing yards, 9 touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry, carry, 195 rushes in 12 games. Um, now, if you spread that out over a full season, that would be... Uh, 100, not 100, 1,211 rushing yards and 12 rushing TDs, which probably would have gotten him a Pro Bowl nod this year. But, um, you know, I think he's fine. He was even, he was really good in the playoffs as well. Um, good yard per carry, 5.1 in the Kansas City game and 6.17 in the Houston game in the playoffs. Um... Also, something. I didn't say that he only had two fumbles as well. He's gonna be great. I think he's fine. I think they're fine at running back. I think they need to stop talking about that. Like when, um, the Colts start about everyone's talking about Le'Veon Bell needs to go to the Colts. I'm like why they got Marlon Mack? It's like yeah, they got Marlon Mack. They're fine. Like, did you guys watch football this year? Like he was really good. Like he, had, he I'll tell you this. I'll show you this. Like. He had four games of over 119, well, not over 100, at least 19 yards per game, 19 yards rushing. He had seven games of at least 60 yards rushing. And the final few games, like, he he had, he wasn't great at all. But at the same time, it's like, he played 12 games. So, as seven out of the 12 games, he was great. So, I don't understand why they would even consider taking the running back. Um, another player I really like would be um, probably Greedy Williams. He's sliding on a lot of draft boards. Reminds me a lot of Marcus Peters. Uh, he's going to go for the ball. And, you know, sometimes he's not going to get the ball. But I think he's going to make enough plays to where it justifies it. Like Marcus Peters, he was never great in coverage. I think he I think um Greedy Williams is a lot better in coverage, but Marcus Peters, like he goes for the football. You don't really see him make those tackles like that. At least I don't. But he's probably like at one point he was probably gonna go top five. I think he's going like in the twenties now. And that's weird to say. But he probably is in the twenty range now. Probably twenty nine to the Chiefs. I don't think he falls out of the first round, though. 
Um, it's weird because the three players I talked about, all three of them, like Ed Oliver, Josh Jacobs, and Greedy Williams, they all, I all think they would, there's a chance they go to Oakland, Ed Oliver with the fourth pick, and Josh Jacobs and Greedy Williams with those, either those picks in the 20s. Also, I think Greedy Williams could go to um, the Seahawks with one of their picks, which I think would be an intriguing fit. Um, yeah. I'm going to have ideas to talk about. But um, who else would there be that we could talk about? Uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, I I'm going to tell you this. I watched the draft on ESPN. I don't watch NFL Network, not, especially since Mayock is gone now. Um, he's now the general manager for the Oakland Vaders. But um, I also think they're, they're better analysts, in my opinion. Um, you know, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, people like that. I don't know if Todd McShay is. I know Mel Kuyper's going to be on it. Don't, I don't know about uh, Todd McShay. But Mel Kuyper, um, the presentation is so much better. Like, watch NFL Draft from ESPN versus what they do at NFL Network. It's so much more. They put so much more effort into it, into the designs and things like that. It's just it's just more aesthetically pleasing. Um, the only thing I really watch on NFL Network for is the uh, Deion Sanders interview uh, and things like that. Actually, I think Deion's on ESPN. I'm sorry. It's been so long since I watched the, the draft. And I'm starting to get myself back into it. Um, NFL, um, the throwback channel that they got... They're starting to put the drafts out, the more recent ones, like 2011, 2014, 2007, 2008, 2006, all, the, all over the place. And I think it's cool because I can kind of get like a gist of what's going on with the draft. Um, what's... But, um... So, yeah, I'm going to be watching the NFL draft on ESPN. Um... I'll be tweeting my live reactions. Feel free to follow my Twitter. Link will be in the description. I will be posting a picture of the guy we select. My Miami Dolphins select. Whether we trade up or trade down. On my Instagram. Link will also be in the description for that. And I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. So have a good one guys. And... Stay tuned for episode 3 tomorrow.